Welcome to Geezers and Gurus on HVAC. This is Carl Darch, and this podcast is hosted on Anchor.com. A very good place to host podcasts. They'll get you started if you want to do your own. I'm going to do several. Okay, today we uh, we're talking about uh, uh, zero energy, uh, zero carbon footprint, and making houses more efficient and that type of thing. And I was talking on the last one about the house that I live in, which we're getting started on. That's put put on hold for just a little bit, just to slow down on it. Um, for a couple of reasons, I got real busy and I'm not at the house at the moment. I won't be for a week. So that uh, means that I can't be there to do the engineering and a few other things. But I come to uh, some um, more interesting projects, too. I have a slab-on grade house that a friend of mine, who is a commercial uh, sheet metal uh, contractor, uh, it's his friend that's doing the house, and he wants to help him out with a new heating and cooling system and all of this, and we... So we met on the project. The uh, house is now being uh, taken apart a little by little, put into dumpsters and removed until they get down to the, the parts that they're keeping. Uh, obviously, the old heating system is coming out too. It, it, they did have air conditioning, and it's always had a problem with it. When you open the walls up and you take a real good look at things, at what are in there, You'll find out that sometimes, uh, gentlemen, uh, things cannot be corrected. Yeah, you really do need to start uh, all over again. And we'll discuss that and how that can be done. But they put a new type furnace in there hmm, six, seven years ago, and it never really worked too well, neither did the air conditioning. When we got back to the ductwork and what was actually in this house that was built in the early 50s, we ran into one of the uh, specialized four-inch pipe systems. Uh, at first, I thought this might be one of the GE airwall systems, but no, it was not, because GE had their own special-sized duct and, uh, and registers. The register was a really an oddball, and nothing fitted it but fitted it, right? Nothing fit it except the GE register that was made for it. So, but this is a standard six by ten wall hots, one high, one low. There's a four inch pipe going in between the wall. Uh, we have, I'm not sure of the whole principle of how all of that works. Some of these things have ducts and some don't. I believe that may be a BARD, a B-A-R-D system from the early fifties, actually the late forties. And I know that Janitrol also had, back in that time, a high-pressure uh, furnace that was there. And then when it changed over to the newer style, that disappeared. When they got rid of the blower, uh, belt drive blowers, uh, that disappeared. They went to the newer style so they could sell furnaces in the replacement market. So all of that stuff came about, uh, and these old systems are there. So... They thought that having a high-pressure uh, system with a four-inch pipe, you could heat really well with it. Well, that kind of worked. It uh, didn't do too bad of a job in heating, but the houses were very small. But the real place where it came to fail, and the reason why it's uh, failed uh, completely on all of the systems like that that were installed, is 
when the uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, air conditioning became standard on the automobile. When that started to happen, um, air conditioning started to become standard in housing. Well, there was a lot of these houses built with the older systems that could not handle air conditioning even though that was installed. So it's been an issue ever since the system has been installed and ever since they try to put air conditioning in the house. You can't put air conditioning work very well in a four-inch system with a standard furnace. So that's where the issue came in. Uh, there's been a lot of things going on there. A lot of those systems are torn out, but to be honest with you gentlemen, I've got pictures of systems today where guys have put in brand new furnaces on these systems with this four inch pipe and never changed anything. This We're gonna to have to go into a, a, a an analysis of what should be done and how you can make an increase and make these things actually work better. But that's for another day. Because those are specialized systems, even though there's a lot of them out there, there's not a lot of them out there. Many of them have been taken out and redone. Because uh, the houses are also being replaced too. That's another thing. So, But we need to talk about, and that's what we're talking about now, is we're having exist. We're talking about existing housing. We're talking about existing projects. This is very important. We have a house with this type of system. Now we're going to put in a new one and show you what we can do with it. We already have bills for the old existing house, even though it's smaller. That will be fine. We'll compare that to the new house. That's going to be much bigger. We'll see how all of that works. Uh, the house that we are working on has been added on to a couple of times, and so they are also correcting the uh, faults with all of that, and some of it is quite evident. There's a lot of misbuilt houses out there. We're going to show you how to go through and make it all work. Now we have another project, and the next project is still going to be the one that we talked about a little bit earlier, the real modern house out in uh, Ypsilanti that uh, we're starting with and we're going to start with a film on the windows to start with to try and knock down the air conditioning load. The, the um, radiant floor heat and the sensors involved are, might be a little bit more of a problem uh, to take care of but thank goodness for uh, infrared cameras and everything which I have some. We're going to figure out how we can drill from the basement from the mechanical room to upstairs to put in a master type floor temperature stat that can help with the house to maintain. They said that those floors will get to be outrageously hot and then overheat the house and especially in the milder temperatures. So that needs to be figured out. So that's another energy problem. We're going to be keeping track of that real good. I wanted to change, we have a bad air conditioner on here, and I wanted with all my heart and soul to change that thing out to a heat pump. But the air con the condensing unit was run remote, uh, and it's uh, you have underground lines and everything else, and the, sometimes you wonder how, how cheap somebody can be. They ran a two-wire out there only to pull in the contactor for the air conditioner. I've done these jobs myself in the past, and uh, for the past 10 years, I've been running four and six wires out uh, so that we could uh, 
uh, go with the more complicated equipment that is, it became available and also allowed us to get a temperature sensor outside with a wire already pre-run. Uh, because temperature sensors are used for so many things today, we just would run extra wires with our wires going out to the condensing unit. It all goes back to the heating equipment, whether uh, it's an air handler or it's a furnace. It all goes back there and easy enough to wire back into the main circuitry. But now we have two wire. And I'm not sure if I can get a, um, how should I say, a, a, a remote type operated uh, system that'll work on a two-wire out there it's uh, I don't know Honeywell has some remote stuff but I don't think that's going to be possible we'll see what we can do with it I would sure like to have a heat pump in there to uh, uh, add to the uh, comfort of the house but if we can't do it then we're going to look at some other things that we can do um, the radiant system is set up uh, by plumbers so therefore you don't have a uh, you're not using the, the quite type of temperature controls that you should have with a radiant type system this system can put out some really really hot water into the floors uh, they're all the floors are concrete and, and that's uh, okay but uh, you know as well as I do, and there's no coverings on top of the concrete. Let's make that perfectly clear. We're talking like polished concrete floors. That was a signature of this architect's house. But the floors are too warm. Uh, uh, all of the floors, are uh, temperatures are controlled by the, the lovely T87F thermostats, which using only two wires that I can see for heating only. Uh, this is... Um, too crude, too analog. I have, I'm going to try. I can't even try to get different thermostats to work with only two wires other than uh, the Honeywell systems, but I'm not sure. That's just giving me information back to a main board. I'm not sure if all that can happen. So we're going to try some things. We're going to get creative. We have to. We can't do this and not get creative. We ha have to get creative on this thing to be able to figure out how to control this floor temperature and make the system work correctly and bring in the air system, which is not heating. It is strictly air conditioning. This was not a system I installed, so the heating is not available. That's why I wanted to use a heat pump, which would have been a real bonus on this type of job to be able to control it. But we'll take a look. We'll see what we can come up with. Uh, it's not really uh, feasible because of where the equipment is located to uh, run hot water lines over to it and uh, use a hot water coil, which would have been something. But they decided to build these units into the structure of the house and the serviceability, really. I mean, come on, folks. You got a 6,000 so square foot house total, and you got to get an area that you can just barely get to to have the equipment set up in I'm really not sure what the thought process is on all that but you know how that works we all do we've been in this business a long time so that may be an issue the other one of the other issues is is we're going to we got an R22 system uh, with an old R22 only coil from Unico so that coil is going to have to be changed out. Uh, 
That is the wonderful thing about Unico. Unico, all of the equipment are snap locked together so that you can pull that coil out. You can get a brand new one from the factory, put it back into the same place that that coil is and snap it in place and you're done. And of course you got to connect it, and of course you got to recover the refrigerant, but that's pretty good. I uh, like Unifico for that reason. I had a we had a bad coil on a job where I did the 83 units in uh, these three apartment buildings that were turned into condos, and one of the coils had gone bad up in the attic, and the guy was saying, "Well, I got to change all the equipment." I said, "No, you don't. You just change the coil." Uh, he was impressed. Uh, and that was a space pack dealer. So uh, he wants to start using Unico too. So we'll talk about that. And uh, we go on. And that's uh, two projects that we got going. And uh, the Jackson project is totally done. And the film is now up to be able to look at the final. We had a nice discussion with the homeowners there and got that film together and up to. So that entire project is, is done. And now we have another one. This is what I call an east side duct system. Uh, that We know that in Detroit. East side seems to be, how shall we say, not where the highest quality work is done. Although my father was, uh, company was on the east side of town, he, he really shined out there. And I'm going to tell you what they did. We have a lot of three-bedroom ranch houses with a family room behind a garage in our area. That is probably the most singularly popular house ever because that was when America came out of the basement and came upstairs for the first time with air conditioning in their houses and they had a family room, a TV room, whatever you want to call it. A lot of it, this one even has a porch that goes to the outside, all of that. We became now a upstairs dwellers in Michigan. And that was through the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even to the present day. Yes, we still have basements. And yes, some of the basements are made into recreation rooms. But that's mostly where you want to dump your children when you don't want to see them anymore. But uh, we don't use it as a main form. It used to be that way. So, what am I talking about there? Those are common houses. And all of these houses on the east side of uh, the Detroit area, when we say the east side, we're saying east of DeQuinder, basically, were built this way in Macomb County. And uh, the duct system are run not again to where the beam is in the center of the house, but all along one side of the house. Usually that furnace is set at one end of the house and they run it all the way down to the other end and all of the ductwork goes within three feet of the outside wall on one side of the house. Well, none of them work. None of them heat. And it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out why. Any first grade student can look at it and say, well, if you got three foot of pipe off the trunk line on one side and you got 30 feet of pipe of trunk, uh, off the trunk line on the other side, uh, the one with the 30 feet of, uh, of uh, round pipe is not going to heat the same as the one that has three feet of round pipe. That could actually be the main explanation of why they don't work. 
That's the only explanation of why they don't work. Uh, and they're all done this way. That's countless. There's subdivision after subdivision after subdivision here with these type of homes in it, and it's probably commonplace around the country. I don't know. I know that uh, on the hundreds of them that I've done, we always ran the ductwork to the center beam and ran it out that way so that everything was equal. So what do we do? My house, my son lives in a house that was built like exactly like that. Uh, we have a suspended ceiling that's already up. The uh, the whole basement was also finished off and very nice. He's got a bar down there. He's got a fireplace down there. He's got a kitchen down there, a bathroom. It's a really nice basement. Uh, and he's got two heat runs in the ceiling, one right by the basement stairway, which is a really good place to put a heat run if you want to warm up the basement because it wouldn't like just go up the basement stairway. And then he's got another one at the opposite end by the bar so that uh, people aren't totally frozen when they're standing at the bar drinking a cold drink. And that's the uh, pretty much, oh, and there's one that's sort of stuck in the middle. That's another one. So we got three openings. And that's, uh, so we're going to take this whole thing and uh, can't change the ductwork. Can't do that at all because it's all up above a, a, a drop ceiling that he just spent a lot of time refurbishing, painting, and getting ready with new ceiling tile. So to start the whole process off, um, I've in, in, introduced him to a brush, a two-inch chip brush, and a one-gallon bucket of uh, duck sealant. I also gave him some uh, tape and uh, and said have at it and so he is now in the process and we are filming in this to make the duct system sealed but that's not the only problem somebody found out that the house wasn't heating so what does a heating contractor do when the house doesn't heating and the homeowner says well the house doesn't heat so I need a bigger furnace so what does the heating contractor do the heat contractor stuffs a furnace in there that's probably two sizes too big for the house and thinks that's going to actually make it work better well, we're starting from zero. We're going to take this uh, totally wrong, totally th wrong thought, totally wrong type of furnace and system. The return air drop is choking. The humidifier is on the wrong, uh, wrong way. Uh, the filter only half works. Uh, and uh, we're going to make the basement heat and cool and be comfortable too at the same time. And. We are adding an air changer to the system. We are adding an air changer to the present system so that we can control the humidity in the basement in the summertime, the, also the temperature, and control the fresh air into the house so that when the kitchen exhaust fan, the clothes dryer, the bathroom fans, and all the rest of the stuff runs in the house that we're not sucking it into a negative, and is being, fresh air is being brought in as it needs to be. We will turn this house into um, a pretty efficient home. It's a, we have uh, the bonds are already been insulated, so we get, that's good. We're going to check on other things and see how it is, and that's an, a, that's going to be another project that's actually in the works, being filmed, and we're working on it right now. These projects that we're doing are very important, and very important to everyone. I am starting a uh, nonprofit. Uh, 
soon here, and we're going to do it as a clearinghouse. We have a lot of really good ideas of how all this stuff can be done and how to get to zero carbon footprint. But what we need to do is we need to get it to national. We need to get the word out there. We need to become commonplace. We need this to become the standard of the industry, not the top end of the industry. When we're talking about not polluting the planet, it would be that's we've come a long way. I, we came a long way from the acid rain from the uh, middle of this country that used to go over and destroy all of our forests on the East Coast. We've come a long way through the rivers that used to be on fire. We've come a long way from all of this stuff. We've made it better. It has become law in the country. Uh, we have the EPA. The EPA has done marvelous things, but also the companies. The manufacturers themselves, uh, they have become aware of it. It's a new generation of people who run these things. The guys that used to find, try to find the stream where they could dump into is no longer there. Everything is very well controlled, even through the government. If you buy certain chemicals, you've got to have a tracking for that from uh, top and the bottom. A lot of things have changed. The sins of our past in, in the chemical pollution areas have started to have been taken care of, what we call the uh, brown fields and all of that. Even uh, the nuclear waste sites and other places are being taken care of. Um, I go to the uh, Department of Energy Small Business Conference uh, once a year. We didn't go this year because of the COVID, but last year I went and I will go continuously to them. I have learned so much. And what I have learned is, is that finally we are getting a handle on this thing as a country and we're looking at it differently. We used to have these mega businesses that would go sit on a project for 20 years and, and get it cleaned up. Uh, new thoughts have come in to get going, get more people involved in smaller businesses, more dedicated that can come and get it done faster. And that's actually what's been happening across the board. There's a lot of really good things happening. But we, as a society, um, really need to get a handle on how we want it. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We, we want to have our cell phones. We want to sit. It's 90-some degrees outside right now, and it's 76 in here, and I'm very comfortable. Um, to me, that's comfortable. Some people like it cooler. I don't. Point being is, is that it needs to be... You need to be comfortable. You need to have affordable energy bills or no energy bills at all. You can make your own energy. We have the technology now. We, hey, we are no longer flying dirigibles, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about going to Mars. So we have the technology now to take us from that old coal-fired steam engine and, and take us to Mars. We can do that in our own houses. It's available on the market. It's not a secret. This is not something that only the rich people can afford. You have to understand something. If you are buying new heating, cooling equipment for your house, it takes the same amount of labor to put in a piece of crap that uh, uses uh, more energy and is just wasteful and is even wrongly installed. It takes about the same amount of time to install that as it does a top-of-the-line equipment by any manufacturer, which has much better warranties, which has better efficiencies, 
even uh, longer free labor to replace parts. You're talking the best. You do that, you're talking over the lifetime of the equipment, much, much less service and much smaller uh, utility bills. But there's, like I said, we can even move into zero utility bills. I like the, uh, the use of gas because I'm, I know that it's very good and very clean. But let's be really, really honest here, folks. Natural gas is not available all over the whole country. It's available in a lot of large cities. But I know from my dealings with New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, and out west, there's a lot of territory. There's a lot of places in this country that only oil or and LP gas are available. LP gas is not natural gas. It's a manufactured gas, and it's a little more uh, harder on the equipment, and uh, it's also pricier. It's um, Since it has to be manufactured, it's not the same as just popping it out of the ground and putting it in a pipe. And oil uh, equipment has come a very long way, and I need to find out more about it because, unfortunately, that is one of my shortcomings in this business is the new oil equipment, which I understand is very efficient and is uh, much easier and much better to work on than the, the things of years ago. So I'm making an outreach here to the uh, oil guys, and we're going to get them involved on this too. Uh we're, we have a lot of manufacturers here, and a big part of what's going to make all of this work is being able to manufacture the compressors that are necessary to uh, make all of these heat pumps. We need to manufacture them there, here in this country. Right now, from what I can see, uh, it's Bosch and Mitsubishi that are looking into the situation of manufacturing the units and not so much with the Americans, but I don't know if that is true. I know that the Americans are making heat pumps. I'm just not sure of where they are on the list of things, and we need to talk to the manufacturers. I need to uh, make sure that the information that I'm giving you is, is correct, is up to date, and is about the best products you can get. I am not here to... Uh, sell any type of particular brand, but I will flat out tell you that my preferences would always be to support my uh, neighbors and my friends who are working here in this country uh, and support them and the technology that this great country has and does now exhibit and have ready available for us. We have things and uh, equipment that we sell here that uh, nobody else sells. We have also have a lot of equipment here that we sell that is made in other countries. A lot of our uh, boiler systems, for example, especially the combi systems, uh, whether they have an American name on them or not, almost all of them are made in a foreign country. That's uh, for the heat exchangers in that. Uh, we have a tendency to do better with the electronics on it than they do. But not necessarily. Mitsubishi is a really, really tough act to follow. They are great. They're not the only ones. That doesn't say that I look down on anything made here in America because I, I know that uh, a lot of foreign companies have moved here and are making products here because uh, we are the market. We are the place that need, they need to sell. They don't need to make them in Europe and, and ship them all the way here when we have a market 10 times the size of what they have at home. We are way far advanced 
from most of the rest of the world. Let us talk about something that uh, I'll just throw in here right at the end about China. China has built mega cities, massive cities, skyscrapers and all of that, but they don't use the equipment like they do, we do. They decided to do a lot of theirs with mini splits. So some of the outrageous things, uh, skyscrapers with mini splits is what they did. Because you can, you can take somebody with a very low education level, you can give them a, a mini split system, and they can be trained to put together and connect the wires and make it all work. Well, one of the things that they forgot, when you start putting in hundreds of thousands of these things and they're running, somebody's going to have to service them. All the guys that install all that, they all went back home to work on their farms and everything when the building stopped. They don't have the companies, they don't have the service companies, they don't have the uh, trained personnel like we do to be able to service all of that. That's going to really come back to bite them in the end. But uh, we do things differently. Uh, we are talking about indoor air quality in this country, and that's what we're all about, and that's what we're going to continue to talk about. And it's not just the indoor air quality to keep us all safe and healthy, and it's also the indoor air quality that's going to make us better than any place else in the world to live. So until next time, we're going to pick this up. We got all these projects are going. I'm working on every one of them, and I'll keep you informed of what's going on, and we're going to continue to talk to, and I'm bringing some other folks on board who are really interested in getting involved, especially talking about this uh, new initiative that has started, and, and uh, we're going to see if we can get people together, and and that will be, that'll be the discussion of the next time we meet. Until then, this is Carl Dard saying, uh, keep it real, take care of yourselves, do the best job you can, and remember, Darge did it.